Hello everybody, my name is Janet Nell and I can't believe I am finally and actually saying this, but welcome to my podcast. It has been a dream of mine to educate not only myself, but people just like me on all matters finances. This podcast dubbed Investment Creed is meant to educate, teach and elevate your financial know-how on all things money. I hope you're able to learn a thing or two from this podcast and pick up pointers that will help you improve your finances and your relationship with money. I'm so excited for this, guys. So let's begin. Our topic today is debt management. This is one for the books. We've all been there. Either you took a loan, a friend lent you some money, you went to a Shylock, or that Fuliza you're always ignoring. It literally happens to the best of us. At one point, your money just accrues and accrues and accrues and now you're in debt. I did a small survey on my social media page and majority of those who answered admitted to having debts. I further went on to ask what kind of debt they had and majority answered Empesser and money lent by a friend. It's important to know that the age demographic was about 24 to 28 years old. I'd assume for a larger crowd or a larger group of people, um, an older group of people, pardon me, would probably have more bank loans and financial inclined loans. So in our current day and age, money lending services have been streamlined. So it's easy for anyone over 18 to acquire a loan or even lend money. And this brings us to today's topic, which will be a little different. We look at how to make debt work for your benefit, aka when it's advisable to take debt and when it's not. And also for those who already have debt, we'll discuss how to make your debt manageable. So number one, when it's advisable to take debt. So let me make things clear. I can't specifically categorize debt as good or bad, but in certain calculated circumstances, debt can work in your favor. If the debt you take helps you generate income and add revenue, then in that instance, it's good. So an example to this will be, for example, um, number one, an SME loan via venture capital. An SME is a small and medium-sized enterprise. Venture capital are... Uh, financial institutions that offer or lend money to either startups or small businesses and in return they either get shares or they get part ownership of the company or get paid back the money later when the company finally makes profits. In this case we are talking about loans offered to small or medium-sized companies through an investor. For small businesses or startups it's advisable to take a loan from an investor or a grant. This kind of loans, however risky, are much more favorable and have better payment plans than a bank would. And I'll explain further. Um, this is because the success of that small business is unknown. So a bank will charge higher premiums since it's, n it's a risky investment. The bank is not sure if your small business will actually survive or it will fail. And they do not want to lose their money. So in turn, they charge you a higher interest rate for you to pay back your loan. For the venture capitalist, on the other hand, the success of the business is also dependent on them. And if the business excels, they take back the money and go. And if it doesn't, they count their losses together with you. So in that case if you're going to start a small business or start any kind of business and you're looking into debt for financing it's better if you either go to a venture capitalist in case you do not have a business plan that you can present to, to an investor like that it's also good to ask for a grant you can go to institutions that offer grants to small businesses and take a grant to start your business another type of debt that can work in your favor is if you actually borrow friends and family money for you to start your business. And in this case, I have to be very keen. 
whenever you're borrowing these funds, it has to be someone trustworthy with whom you're able to share the success of the business. And in case the business fail, you also share the failure of the business together. So in that case, you're not indebted to them. So that's one example of good debt. Another, another example of when it's advisable to take debt is if you're taking an, an education loan. But be very careful with this one. Student loans are increasing day by day, and it's important to take caution. I'd suggest before taking a student loan, make sure that the course you're taking is the one you love and a job, and a job sector that you will excel in. Take a gap year if you must and intern in the field you want to work in. The more work experience you gain while learning, the better it will be for you to figure out if this is truly the field you want to work in. And if it is, am I earning anything from my experience? What you, what you earn during your internship is a small indication of what you'll earn when you get employed. So you're able to actually sit back and analyze things as, as for what they are. You've been in the field, you've seen how things are, and you know, is this a course I want to take? Yes. How much can I earn through this course, this and that? And how much am I earning now, this amount? So that will help you clearly define if this is the degree course you want to take and if this is the path you want to take. You do not want to take a student loan for a degree that you'll never use because paying that back will become a burden. It will be something you'll detest with all your heart. Education loans are one of good debts because they pay back. It's an investment that will always pay back. Once you've taken your loan for a degree, you'll be able to get a job and pay back. If you don't get a job, you can start something by yourself and pay back the loan. That's why it's considered a good loan. Another example of quote-unquote a good loan, and this is the last example I have, is high-ticket items. For example, homes, real estate, or business property. For some, the only way to own a home is through a loan. But in our economy, it's important to take note of a few factors. Number one, the interest rate for most mortgages, be it a circle, a bank, or even those rent-to-own houses, start at either 12% or go all the way up to 14%. Secondly, the amount you end up paying back is almost three times the amount you took as a loan. This, is al this also applies to rent-to-own properties. Please keep that at the back of your mind. Um, thirdly, some banks have penalty for early payment. That is, if you finish paying your loan amount earlier, say for example you took a two-year loan for one million Kenya shillings and you finished paying the one million bob in six months, you'll still have to pay the interest for the full two-year period stated in your contract. Just because you finished paying your loan earlier, the one million Kenya shillings early, does not mean you don't have to pay the bank its interest. If you send a two-year loan, you'll end up paying the interest for two years. So keep that at the back of your mind. Point number four, the associated cost is higher when purchasing a home via loan. Keep in mind, you'll have to pay a fee for your personal lawyer, the, the buyer's lawyer, and the bank's lawyer, and also stamp duty, which is standard for everyone. You tend to take note of all these extra fees that you have to pay after you've bought the house, because most buyers won't tell you about them. They'll actually just tell you, my house is 16 million, full stop. So the rest you figure out once you've already started the buying process. Number five, if you save partial cost on top of the 10% deposit and take a loan for half of the amount you need, the better. What I mean by that is, for instance, if you're taking a mortgage for a house that's worth 16 million, the deposit on that would probably be 1.6 million. So at the back of your mind, you'd think, I only have to save 1.6 million and I, take a six, and I take a loan and I'll be okay. But that's not really how it works. If you're able to save more, 
Say for instance, you instead of buying this house this year, you wait for three more years and save say six million on top of the one point six deposit. So that's seven point six million. You're at a better place. If you if you're able to reduce the amount of money you need via loan, the better, because loans really do drain you, especially mortgages, since they're very long term and you have no idea how the future is going to be. Twenty twenty is a clear example to that. My last point on this is do not mortgage a house you cannot afford. This is extremely important. And for you to figure out if you can actually afford that mortgage, just by yourself add up the total cost of the house plus the total cost of the interest you'll pay and divide by how long you'd like to pay and see if you can actually sustain that amount every month. Just because you have a pre, you've been pre-qualified by a bank for say a 16 million bob mortgage does not mean you can actually afford it. It just means the ratios in your bank account and what the bank is saying means you're a good potential or a good client to get a loan of a certain amount. But if you can, if you're pre-qualified for 16 million, by all means, take a loan that is less than that amount. If you can take a loan for 8 million or 10 million, the better. Always if you're pre-qualified for a certain amount, go a few steps down because you do not want to overburden yourself. Also, if you can do the math at home, I know a little people are a bit um, skeptical when it comes to mathematics. It's very, very simple. What is the cost of the house? 16 million. What is the interest rate? It's 14% per year or 14% per month. It depends on the, on the rates or the contract you signed. So you take that specific amount, that 14% and add it up to the to the period of time you'll actually have the loan. So if it's a 20-year loan, you add up that specific amount to 20 years and figure out how much money you'd pay as interest, how much money you pay for the loan. And then add these two up and divide it by the number of years you actually want to take that loan for. That will help you see if for real you can really afford it. And if you can't, just don't go for it. It's all up. It's advisable to take loans in three different circumstances. Number one, if the loan is for a business and the loan comes from an investor, not a bank, not a circle, an investor, a venture capitalist, a grant, or your friends or family lend you some money. Secondly, an, ed an education loan. Education loans are considered good loans because you're, you're paying for a degree that will pay you back. Hence, it's considered a good loan. And thirdly, high ticket items. High ticket items are considered good loans because the payment period is very, very long. So you can be able to pay small quarters or small amounts every single month until you're able to clear that amount. But high ticket items, as you've seen, has come with six specific clauses that you have to really take note of. Simple way to determine if a loan is good for you, just ask yourself, how will this loan benefit me? Secondly, how will I pay it off? And thirdly, can I afford it? That's, that's it. You'll be able to determine if this debt is actually good for you and if it's actually categorized as a good debt. Part 2 of this podcast, we will be able to discuss when it's not advisable to take a loan or debt. And lastly, how to manage the debt you already own. I've realized this podcast is a little bit long, so I'll end it here. Thank you so much for listening in and I hope you're able to learn something new. So thank you guys. Goodbye.